0: That you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. One of the most popular topics among religious-minded people today is love. And truly, the love of God for man is one of the greatest themes of the Bible. Actually, when you think about it, it is the story of the Bible. The fact that God loved man so much that he was willing to become one of us and to take the penalty that we all deserved, that's absolutely unique to Christianity. No other religion teaches men to love one another to the degree that the lifestyle Jesus taught does. Yet even though love is one of the most important themes of the scriptures, altogether too few people seem to really understand what love, as taught within the pages of the Lord's Word, is all about. Too often, love is portrayed as a warm, cuddly emotion that makes you feel real good deep down inside. While this may be involved in certain types of love the Bible talks about, It is, alone, a far too superficial understanding of love. Love not only brings some of the greatest joy we can experience, it also causes some of the greatest sorrow. For instance, when someone we love is sick, involved in an accident, or passes away, we experience pain and sorrow because we love them. When those we love experience sorrow, we experience it as well. Why? Because we love them. Paul understood the sorrow that accompanies love. It would be difficult to find another mortal more worthy to write, be ye followers or imitators of me, even as I also am of Christ, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1. It would also be difficult to find another man who was more persecuted for righteousness sake when Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter 6 and verse 17 about how he bore in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus I believe he was probably referring to the scars that covered him as a result of all of the beatings scourgings and other hardships he endured for the gospel's sake what was Paul's reaction to all the persecutions that he received Well, when we study this man's letters, we can see the kind of love we are called upon to develop in order to be followers of Christ as he was. We're going to go to Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 4, and we will see Paul express the love that he had for the Jews. There he wrote, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that my, myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. I think it's important to understand what was causing Paul's continual sorrow and heaviness of heart. It was not the persecutions that he received, no not at all. It was the knowledge of what was going to happen to his persecutors. He makes the amazing statement that he would be willing to take the penalty that they deserved if they could be saved. This love is made even more outstanding and incredible when you consider that it was at the hands of the Jews that Paul received some if not most of his most severe persecution not only from a physical standpoint, but certainly from an emotional standpoint as well. Even when he suffered at the hands of the Gentiles, it was often his kinsmen, according to the flesh, who had stirred them up. Paul was a true follower of Christ. He was an imitator of Christ. And Jesus taught us to love even our enemies. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 43-44, he said, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It is not natural for us to love our enemies like that. The natural thing to do is what the Jews taught in the first century. Love your friends and hate your enemies. But Jesus called upon his disciples to rise above the world and to be unlike any others. He called upon his followers to love friend and foe alike. It is only when we understand the love God has given to us, while we were yet sinners and hostile to him, that we can begin to comprehend the love we are to have for others. In Romans 9, we can see Paul's faith had matured to the point that he loved his enemies, even though they were the kinsmen of his flesh, in the same manner that God first loved him. Now, if any Jew of the first century who had not become a Christian read Paul's words of Romans chapter 9, he would have had a hard time understanding or even believing them. As far as the Jews were concerned, Paul was an enemy who had to be destroyed, stopped. In Acts chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, we find the following. And it came to pass in Iconium, that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake, that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and made their minds evil-affected against the brethren. Instead of comprehending the great love that he had for them, all they could think about were his severe rebukes. The Jews in Antioch were highly insulted when Paul told them that they had rejected the word of God and judged themselves to be unworthy of eternal life in Acts chapter 13 and verse 46. When certain men tried to teach that unless one was circumcised he could not be saved, they did not see any tender affection in Paul for them. Instead, what they got according to Acts 15 verses 1 and 2, no small dissension and dispute. When Paul rebuked the Jews in Corinth by saying, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean, as he did in Acts 18 and verse 6, it would be safe to say that not many of them went home that day thinking about how much Paul loved them. Sadly, like so many religious-minded people of today, those Jews never understood the wisdom of Solomon as recorded in Proverbs 27 and verse 6. Solomon wrote, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. They never understood that it was his great love for them that motivated Paul to confront, rebuke, and expose their sins, even as he recognized his own that they might see them and be saved. They never understood how he could love them so much as to be willing to be lost himself if it meant their salvation. They could never see past the rebukes of Paul to discern the continual sorrow that he felt because of his great love for them. This was a Paul that they never saw. This was a Paul that they were too blind to see. Moses was another man who expressed his love for rebellious sinners as Paul had, and they too were his kinsmen in the flesh. Israel saw the wrath of Moses as he came down from Mount Sinai and saw the golden calf. He ground the calf up and made them drink it and then gave orders that resulted in 3,000 deaths that day. No one missed the wrath of Moses that day. But there was another Moses that so many of them never saw. This was the Moses who expressed his love and sorrow as he prayed to God alone. Looking at Exodus chapter 32, verses 30 through 32, we find, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin." And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. How many of us can understand and appreciate the love Moses had for Israel. They had almost constantly complained since the third day they left Egypt. They deserved the rebuke that Moses gave them and more. But even after all of this, Moses still loved them so much, he was willing to take the punishment that they deserved if it meant they would be forgiven. Here, truly, Moses was a type of Christ. All of Israel would see the anger and hear the rebukes of Moses. But the other Moses, most of them would never see or comprehend. I think of Jeremiah and the love that he had for his brethren that was never understood or appreciated. He constantly rebuked them and warned them of the destruction that was to come because of their sin. As a result of his prophetic utterances, he was a constant subject of mockery, ridicule, and rejection. They beat him, persecuted him, and even threw him into the prison. At one point they cast him into a dungeon, the bottom of which was muck or mire, and he sank into the muck. Jeremiah's life was at that time so miserable that he expressed the wish that he had never been born. Then, after all that he had suffered at the hands of his brethren, what was his attitude toward them? Did he hate them and desire their destruction as so many of the Jews alleged that he did? No. There was a Jeremiah that they did not see. Only someone who truly loved his people could write what Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 8, verse 21, through chapter 9, verse 1. He wrote, For the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt. I am black. Astonishment has taken hold on me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Oh, that my head were waters, and my mind and eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. After the destruction that he had foretold came, Jeremiah's heart broke. Looking at Lamentations chapter 3, verses 48-49, we find mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eyes trickled down, and ceased not without any intermission. This was the Jeremiah that they did not see. This was the Jeremiah with whom they were too upset to see. Of course, the greatest example of all was the Lord. While he was on earth, there were many occasions when he found it necessary to rebuke God's people of the time because of their refusal to submit to the word of God. I wonder how many of them perceived the grief Jesus suffered because of his great love for them. Looking at Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, we find, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save a life, or to kill? But they held their peace. When he looked around on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. The Pharisees were angry with Jesus and considered him their enemy. They received some of the Lord's most scathing rebukes and were instrumental in getting Jesus put to death. But they did not know of his tears and his feelings for them that we see in Luke 19:41 and 42. The Bible tells us, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. This was a Jesus that they did not see. This was a Jesus they chose not to see. Unfortunately, people have not changed much over the years. Many never understand how much love it takes to motivate any Christian. To be willing to expose their sins in order that they might have a chance to be saved they do not understand the one who loves but rebukes because of that love you know my friends it is not all perfect even within the body of christ today and i doubt that it is ever has been there are gossips slanderers, bickering adultery unscriptural marriage and divorce immorality and chosen entertainment apathy, and a host of other problems that haven't changed from those described in the New Testament. In the midst of such problems, what we desperately need are Christians who love the Lord and their brethren so much that they will be grieved over the situation and speak out. It is only those who have a deep love for their brethren who understand the pain and anguish of such men as Paul and Moses. Those who truly desire to be followers or imitators of Jesus understand the misery of Jeremiah as he had to continually rebuke the people he loved because of sin. Only those who truly love can understand what Jeremiah experienced when he tried not to warn his brethren for a while because of the strong negative reactions he received when he did, only to find that the word of God was like a fire burning within him and he could not refrain. Although most will never understand it, This kind of feeling comes only from a heart filled with love for the Lord and love for his people, love for all people. So, my friends, do we experience great sorrow and continual grief as Paul did because of our knowledge of the destiny of all the people about us who have not been washed in the blood of the Lamb? What is our attitude toward those who may have mistreated us in the past or may be doing so right now? Do we wish evil on them or do we grieve because their conduct are condemning themselves? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11-13, Paul wrote, Even unto this present hour we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the off of all things unto this day. Only a deep love for others can motivate a person to keep working under those conditions. There is no greater benefit bestowed on another than to help him or her stand justified before God. Paul understood this and spent his life actively showing true love to others. Paul understood that to truly love others, he could not just spread about some mushy, fee motion and make people feel good about themselves. He understood that many of the people he met were in rebellion against God and were headed for judgment unprepared. Paul loved them so much, he was willing to lay aside his popularity. He was willing to risk making them angry and he was even willing to risk his own life by warning them of their true condition. He would do all of this because he loved them. So many times folks will look directly at the one who loves them enough to warn and rebuke them and never really see him or her, just like the one so angered by the rebuke of the Lord that they murdered him, never seeing that he is the one who is love. Interesting things to think about. Thanks for listening.